What is up, Flock and friends? This is Rob Chappell with another edition of Talking Flock, your full Mingo podcast. Today, tonight, this afternoon, this morning, whenever you're listening to this, we have two co-hosts for the price of one. April Kagea, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Kyle Carr, welcome aboard. How are you? Great. I... Got my, I finally got some rest, and I think <laughs> my body is not hating me for once. <laughs> well, we'll we, will, we will talk more about what put your body in that state <laughs> if, if folks don't know. Uh, I think most, most folks probably do. Uh, but we want to talk, uh, as I mentioned, wherever you're listening to this, give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, whatever you do on this, whatever platform you're listening on. Um, help us reach more soccer nerds in the soccer nerd community. Um, and uh, follow us at Talk and Flock on the Twitter, and um, we we uh, I keep meaning to make an Instagram account, and I just never do. So don't follow us there yet, but we will. Um, one one news note that popped up uh, yesterday, um, today as we record this, yesterday as you listen, um, Chattanooga fired their coach again. <laughs> twelve games, you got twelve games, um, beating Madison, only bought him two more weeks. And uh, <laughs> getting, you know, getting thoroughly dismantled since beating Madison. Uh, Ziggy Kortoski is out. And Jimmy Weekly is back, which means lower league Twitter is going to have lots of fun for the our, rest of the season. Our reason. favorite cash app king. Our favorite horny on main uh, coach. Um, we won't, don't need to dig into it any further than that. But he did get into the final last year, so we can't complain. So we can't, I mean... Maybe he'll be great. We'll so anyway, Chattanooga not going well for them this season, which we kind of knew that. Yeah. Um, but now let's talk about your your trip. We're gonna we're gonna get to the game, which was fantastic. We're all very happy about the results of that game. We're gonna dig into it. Um, we should mention also tomorrow in your feed, you will hear from the goal scorer himself, Stephen Payne. Uh, we just taped that conversation. It's fantastic. You'll you'll want to listen in on that. Um, but let's talk first about the about the road trip, about the whole thing, the whole Henny Derby experience, which is bigger than ever, right? April, why don't you talk about you and Chris and Jalen and some other folks made a big road trip. Can you just talk yeah. about yeah, what happened, how that went? Um, it was a lot of fun. So Chris, Jalen, Zach, and then Chris's two kids, we drove from Madison to Richmond. Um, we left Thursday morning. We actually stopped in Chicago and had breakfast with um, Jake from Black Fires at a Black-owned restaurant called Batters and Berries, which is really cool. Um, Chris interviewed the, the owner and we just, you know, got some culture there. Then we drove to, uh, I think we stayed the night, oh my gosh, I'm Knoxville, Tennessee. Is it Tennessee or Kentucky? I don't even remember. We stayed the night <laughs> there. Kentucky, just for all the one Knox fans. Kentucky, yeah. yeah, Kentucky. Um, we stayed the night there, and then we finished a trip the next morning to Richmond, where we met up with Kyle, who was lucky enough to fly, or smart enough to fly, I should say. <laughs> smart enough going down, coming back was a different story. Right, you did, you did have some issues coming back. Um, but no, but it, it was it was a great road trip. We stopped and saw some historical uh, sites. Check out the Featherstone um, Instagram page. I'll actually be posting some more. Um, of our trip of stuff that we did while we were in Richmond um, to celebrate Black culture and the Juneteenth weekend. Um, but the trip down was great, great bonding experience. And then we got to meet up with uh, the rest of our, our squad uh, with Kyle and um, folks from Chicago, North Carolina, Florida. And we had a great time. That's fantastic. And, and there's some great um, 
videos on on Twitter and on Instagram of the the festivities Friday night, and there was a. Did, now, did you guys tape a walk in ninety? We did. Yes. So yep. once we, because it was pretty much like most of us that were able to get there. So Dave Magnus, uh, four Mingos, and his son, um, myself, Ebony, and Elliot, we all got to one of the local breweries uh, in Richmond where April, Chris, like that whole April, Chris, that whole contingent was able to meet up with us. Um, we had a recording in the back of that brewery. Uh, <laughs> It, While what, we were playing Uno, yep, <laughs> there is a game of Uno. Basically, Uno. <laughs> is this out yet, or is it coming out soon? It is coming out. I have the file. I am trying to figure out how I can best approach it. Do I break it up into multiple parts? Because it was almost a two-hour recording. Yeah, <laughs> it was not the most. It, it trust it, anyone that watches Walking Ninety. It was more chaotic than it normally is. So it's kind of a how much can I break this apart and how much do not listen to it at work. That's probably the best advice right. I'm going to offer. <laughs> yeah. There's some inappropriate language. There, there's a lot of earbuds, guys. Keep it in yeah. your earbuds. Yeah. But oh, it, so it was good to do that. Like I, there is some soccer talk. There is some league talk. And we also had, you know, April was on, we had a pretty much anyone that was there was kind of able to jump in, talk about the Henny Derby, what it means and everything like that. So there is parts, you know, informative and good and parts <laughs> chaotic. <laughs> yeah. But all fun, all good, all positive. And it sounds like it was just a great vibe, right? Like this, this folks from all literally all over the country yeah. coming there. Now did, did any of those folks choose sides? Or would they remain pretty neutral? Yeah, Chicago Ooh. was with us. I yeah, feel like Carolina was with us. Florida was with us. like, I feel like most right. of them actually were on our side, weren't they? Pretty much all, but Doug, who's from Washington D.C., he was wearing a kicker's kit, so he had chose that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah, I was gonna say Phil and Jake um, from Blackfires <laughs> were. And the Madison end, there are two other people from Chicago that were in the Madison end. Ebony was city. I think Ebony was neutral, but she sat in the Madison end just probably because. Obviously. Yeah. So I I would say. Walking 90 Coast, Ebony Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Gino, who's from Massachusetts, I would say he was probably the true neutral um, in all of it. I don't even. Did he even sit with us? No, I don't think so. No, he didn't sit with us. I don't know where he sat, but he was probably like the main neutral person. Uh, but yeah, otherwise I would say most lead towards Madison. Yep. And then, so then everybody's feeling great Saturday morning, getting ready for the game. <laughs> uh, and then, so then what, what happened on Saturday? Then there was like a tailgate and stuff, wasn't there? Yeah, we tailgated with the kickers. Like they've welcomed us last time we went in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had a, a joint tailgate outside the stadium. They brought food. We all had drinks. It was a lot like, you know, it's a really good time. Yeah, it was pretty much the same. Yeah, pretty much in the same area. Um, so they're kickers fans, Madison fans. Um, pretty much, yeah, just tailgated that part. Um, I know April, Chris, um, and Jalen, they all did. Um, well, I feel like everyone was kind of doing their own things as well. Um, kind of like I know Chris was like out seeing some sites. April, I think you and Jalen were kind of, I forgot what you, you told me what you did, but it was also before the tailgate. tailgate? Yeah, before the tailgate. Oh yeah, we went to a couple historical uh, sites, and then Chris dropped us off, and then he took his kids somewhere. I don't know when we were at the tailgate, but yeah, 
it was i mean they're always they're always so welcoming which which mm -hmm. i really appreciate for having you know like a rivalry it's it's literally we're only like we only don't speak during that 90 minute time period <laughs> but before and after like we're kicking it like we did you know actually after the game i think it was just it was just us wasn't it i think it was mainly just us after the tailgate there yeah. might have been like one or two kickers fans that stayed yeah after but I was waiting for the players uh, at the bus most of that tailgate. Oh, after, that's right. Yes, I did have to get the trophy back. <laughs> that was that was probably the that was the main reason. I was like, that's important. Mitch took the trophy to the locker room, which I told him to do, but I was also like, I need to get that back. I was going to ask. You did tell him to take it. Yeah. Okay. I told him take it, go celebrate with the guys in the locker room, and I. But I didn't think of how would I get the trophy back. I was like, right. well, worst case scenario, <laughs> when we're all in Madison, I'll grab it then. Yeah, yeah. So no, but they're not gonna leave it in Richmond. No, no. <laughs> Someone was going to have it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but how cool is it that these guys, none of whom play? I mean, four of these guys played here last year. You know, most of them didn't. Uh, and uh, but but they're all in on this whole silly trophy, right? No, this, they, this, they this, were uh, all for. Yeah, Mitch. Like I said, Mitch was as soon as I saw him, I handed it to him. He was celebrating with it. Yeah. Um, I know Christian had it in his. Um, Instagram story after he was talking about like how nice having that trophy was. So mm -hmm. it was, it's really cool to see it embraced by the players. And I was probably one of the things when I was asked, like, did I ever see it growing to this level? It's like, no, I, I mean, I figured, yes, it was going to be something between, you know, the, the fans and especially the black fans. But the fact that the club and the players have also embraced it was something I wasn't fully expecting to happen, you know, five, now five years into it. Well, and not only the club, but the league, right? I mean, like, mm -hmm. it's it's now a, a well-known thing throughout the league, and there's been many articles on it, and I feel like it's becoming, like, just this recognizable thing that we do. Yeah, which is outstanding, and, and it's become this national thing. Like, literally, you have, like I said, from all of the country coming to this game because of that, right? Because And yeah. it happens to be on Juneteenth, which the league still hasn't told me, did they purposely schedule that, or was it? I'm still saying no. I don't think they planned it. <laughs> I think it was a happy really lucky accident. Really happy accident. But yeah. but anyway, fantastic. And, and and it would have been just as fantastic had we not got the results. Um, but we did. I don't know. Does, is Yogi feeling as fantastic about it? <laughs> I think by the morning we were all like, okay. I think we were fine by the morning. We were. I think everyone's. Uh, most people are feeling uh, the after effects of the tailgate and post game but <laughs> right. more than the the scoreline yeah the scoreline was kind of a it, like it made me feel better when i woke up but i'm sure it made, he did not enjoy it as much but i think we were all focused on okay how do i physically get myself to a yeah but you know what you didn't have to get up and drive straight to madison the next day which i know that was do. thank goodness <laughs> but, uh, no no tell me this april was it one of those things where it, the road trip sounds like a terrific idea until you're about four and a half hours into it and then you're like what have we done no not four and a half hours into it like i was fine with it until sunday morning so we stayed out ah, okay. i don't even know how late but jan and i left before everybody else did because we're like okay we actually need a little bit of sleep uh -huh. But when I woke up, I was like, oh, my gosh, we have to now be in the car for 14 hours. Uh, like, I was just not feeling it at all. But I felt bad. Jake and Phil had to go on a flight at like 5.30 or 6 a.m. Oh, <laughs> so man. they pretty much got back to the hotel, powered out, and left. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I mean, it, it was still, it was a great experience. Like, I would do it over again, 100%. 
Um, yeah. It was a lot of fun to just to be able to spend time with these guys. And, you know, like we've created a lot of real bonds um, since yeah. we met these folks in 2019. And it's just like, it's, you know, it's our culture, our community, and just being able to bring people together is, it's just a beautiful thing. It really is. And, and, and I, I say with all sincerity, you know, we, we, that, uh, you know, well done to, to both of you, to everybody involved. I mean, it's just a really, just such a cool thing. Um, and, and other leagues and other clubs and other fan groups can, can actually learn a lot from, from you all. So, so good job, everybody. So let's, let's talk to the, let's talk, get to the game though. Um, we'll talk, we'll touch briefly on for those of us who were not at the game, but who were watching it and I was watching it, I was camping with my kids. So I was watching it on my phone. (laughs) So it was kind of intermittent. The, The cell service was not the best. I did get to see the goal when it happened. Um, but but it's kind of you know we paused and I was wasn't hundred percent sure of the audio so I didn't I was like did he just did he just say Nasim Bartem and I wasn't sure you know uh, but then watching it back watching it again on rewatched for to take notes yeah he said he called him Nasim Bartem uh, he said Aiden Messias he said Emiliano Terzoghi Francis John Baptiste Justin Sukow. Oh, no, sorry, Suko. Oh, no, no, Sukau. He says Sukau again. Jacob Cruel. Andrew Wheeler Omongu. Andrew Wheeler Ongu. Andrew Wheeler Owagnu. He actually said his name three different ways. And maybe my favorite, Ichiro Martinez. Oh, my God. See, and the thing was, like, as of like, I had to rewatch it because I had gotten messages of just like, oh, my God, this commentary is terrible. And I was like. I know, like, most of the time, commentary is just, like, it could be hit or miss, yeah, but yeah. I heard the messiest, and I was like, oh, okay, that was odd. And then I heard Chizogi, I was like, okay, I don't know how he completely... It was, there was some of them just made me, like, pause and go, like, how? Like, even just reading it, especially with, like, wheels, it's like, how do you get that wrong? Where does the G was, come from? How are you putting a G in his name? Right. At least with like Suko and Kroll, it's like, I can at least see, like, I can see that one. Like, okay, maybe that Kroll versus Kroll, I suppose. If, those yeah. two were like, okay, that's not as but, bad, but Wheels was probably, I think Wheels was the worst of them all. Probably. Was like, yeah. I don't know where you get, yeah, where are you get but, but this is, this is all handled with a little bit of preparation. <laughs> right. Right. And, and and the other thing, and we won't we won't dig too deeply into this, but I know folks have been talking about it that he completely misunderstood the Eddie Derby. Um, he got the stakes of it wrong. He got the origin wrong. He didn't mention any names. He called you know a Madison fan and a Richmond fan. Completely, there were articles upon articles, tweeted, shared by the clubs, by the league, um, talking about this tour, about the everybody coming together, about it being Juneteenth, about it celebrating black culture, black soccer culture, and he just completely knew nothing of that. And um, you know, trying to be generous, I thought maybe he was a last-minute substitute or something and doesn't have time to prepare. I did um, a, a Twitter uh, user, and I, I'm sorry, I, I don't, re- don't remember the name, but thank you for whoever you are. We figured out who he was, and I emailed him, and to his credit, emailed back. And said, um, you know, I just didn't prepare. Like, did he give a re? Like, he just didn't prepare because he didn't feel like it, or like I feel like that's. Just- well, he <laughs> he is pretty ridiculous. He said, uh, um, "I'm an infrequent broadcaster of the league. I think that was my third or fourth game over the past few years, but I really enjoy the leagues and soccer and fandom. 
It's a privilege to get to the games. That was his excuse for the names. I'm kicking myself for not doing better research about the Henry Derby. I read a small amount about the rivalry's origin before the game and condensed that into something I could co- convey quickly. That was the excuse. He could. He only had a limited amount of time to say it. But he said that one wrong thing like five times. Yeah. That's... He had plenty of time to, to talk about it. There's plenty of time to talk more deeply about it. Of course, way too much was left out. I should have been more thorough, giving it the airtime it deserves, especially with the ties to black soccer culture on an extremely important holiday. Um, I just made the no-duh face for those who are listening. I'm bummed I whiffed on the chance to talk about something I care about. How do you, how much do you really care about it, Ryan? Right, you don't care about it. He, you don't, yeah, no. but more importantly, I'm sorry to the fans for not giving the fun tradition with a deeper importance the time it deserved. We have seen a recent uptick in efforts to make our communities less welcoming to minorities. Stories about black traditions and excellence need to be told, and I flat out missed. So, not exactly an apology, not exactly much of an explanation, but it, it's, I mean... Well, I mean, the explanation was there. just didn't put in... Yeah, he just, he just didn't, didn't, he didn't, didn't want to do it. He's not getting paid enough to uh, prepare properly, apparently. Um, and uh, uh, Kyle, you were on One League Under the Sea. Uh, and those guys, I want to give credit to them, made an excellent point that uh, it's kind of on the league. Like, put your best commentator, or maybe not, I don't know if it's, I don't know who decides these things, if it's the league or if it's Vista Worldwide who does the, you know, the, the contractor does the thing, but somebody knows that this is the marquee game of the weekend. Mm-hmm. And somebody could put their best person on it. The person who actually does these games every week, who knows this stuff, who can take, who they know will do the preparation. So very irritating. I'm sorry to you guys. I'm sorry to everybody, but it was, it was, um, it was, it was just a, just a, such a glaring omission. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, and I said it on one league under the sea, I said like, even just taking out like the racial component and like everything in regards to the importance of the Henny Derby. It's just like as a journalist, as a broadcaster, it's just like completely being inept at your job. And it's just completely yeah. like, like at the bare minimum, like you were just failing to do what you like your main job justice. Like that was the thing. Literally the one job you have for me. That was like, I think that when it comes down to it, it's like, that was part of the core thing that bothered me the most. It was just like, you're not even doing like, it's just like, you have to do your research going in. Like that's, there's no exception for it. And then for the Henny Derby, it's like, there were multiple places to learn about this. There was stories on from the Richmond paper. Rob, you wrote a story about it. Protagonist soccer wrote a story about it. The league has a story about it. Like there's enough places where you can do a quick Google search. And that that was the thing that Ellie and I were really saying was just like a Google search would have answered all of these things and (laughs) gotten this like handled. And it it was just more of that. It was also just the, even if you like, and I'm like, yeah, the Madison fan and Richmond fan part annoying, but whatever. But it's like, you're not even getting the basis of what the, like the, there is no punishment for, I guess the punishment used to be buying a bottle Hennessy, but we haven't done that now. Now it's a trophy. Yeah. It was getting, and if you don't like Hennessy, that's fine. That's your own personal preference, but don't say it tastes bad. Well, I was just going to say, it goes deeper than in Google search, because not only did he not Google search, he made up something that wasn't even true by saying that the loser has to drink Hennessy, and it's a bad thing, when if he knew anything about Black culture, like, that's the complete opposite. So, not only- We were doing shots of Hennessy, and yeah, it was- perpetuated our, you know what I mean? Like, he he just made it into this negative thing, and I just think that's just utterly unacceptable. 
Yeah. And I think for me, the other thing is like for if someone didn't know anything about the Henny Derby and this was their first exposure to it, it's like they're going to get completely the wrong information. Yep. Yep. And it, it just, again, goes back to you got to do your job properly. Mm-hmm. And I've already asked Ross Davenport to please do the next game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Ross. We want Ross. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. Hashtag we want Ross. And now I am I'm talking about it. I appreciate everyone that did reach out and say like, Hey, they completely got this wrong. Just an FYI. Yeah. I got a lot of messages on Saturday. I was on in any state to deal with it Saturday. Um, yeah. So when I finally got around to rewatching the match Sunday evening, when I was at the airport and yeah, then I was able to get like the full, like botched effort. Yeah. Lack of effort, I guess. But yes, yeah, so let's uh, yeah, we can, we can be done with that now. Put it behind us and talk about the actual game that happened on the field, which you guys were actually at, mm-hmm. um, which I got to watch a very small screen and then much and then a much larger screen when I got home. Uh, both of two times it was great. But um, so looking at the starters, Cheney started on the bench again because uh, he's still nursing that calf. Um, Moro Sichero was listed as a starter on the graphic on Twitter, um, but it was actually ended up being Jaden Onan because I found out later Moro Sichero got last minute scratch i don't know why i don't know what the injury was but uh sounds like he should be good to go for thursday we'll see um so but th- but we, what we ended up with is the first time we got to see jade nonan and francis Jean baptiste as the two Together. dual yeah. the dual nines um which was pretty fun to watch um and we should also mention on the other side of the field it was nice good to see akira fitzgerald there wouldn't have minded the backup goalie for this particular game but uh <laughs> you, you know he did take a boot to the face uh, mm. last weekend. And, uh, you know, when I talked to Yogi, he wasn't, they weren't sure that he was going to go, um, but he did. And he played really well. And so it was, it was, you know, just good to see that, that the boot to the face didn't have any lasting impacts. Yeah. Um, but uh, I want to, I want to hear you guys talk about the, the, from just watching it on video, it, it looked like the, the beginning of the game, it was right away. It was kind of end to end. There weren't a lot of chances not a lot of shots, but there wasn't a lot of tussle in the midfield. There was this end and then back to that end. and that end. At least that's what it felt like from here. Is that what it felt like to you? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, definitely felt more fast-paced. Mm. It kind of felt like each team was able to have kind of like what you're saying. It was like going from one end to the other. And we were fortunate that Ford Madison was attacking in our direction uh, in the first half. So at least we got to see like – <laughs> them put it together um mm-hmm. so it it did feel a lot like okay there's gonna be an there might be an early goal just with how each team was playing yeah. and then yeah it kind of feel like once like it settled down mm-hmm. then it started becoming more of that battle but no it was it definitely felt like okay this is gonna be entertaining at least it was that for sure it was it was a very entertaining zero zero for a long time um and uh uh Bernard Shipman faced his first big test in the 27th minute on a free kick. He handled it well. Um, interestingly, it, it took a it took a long time to hear the name Emiliano Chizagi. Like he has, I mean, he's been kind of quiet all season. But um, the biggest threats came from Carlton Belmore and and Owen Gordon. Um, you know, Chizagi just wasn't a factor uh, at first, and and. Um, Part of and, and part of the, the part of the end to end was sort of the end to end action without any chances was a lot that, that both defenses were playing really well. 
they're really, really compact, really getting back, really bringing numbers back. Um, there were a lot of like blocked shots. Right. And, and a lot of, um, um, there weren't, I didn't, I don't really recall very many like real quick counters or anything because the defenses, the defenses were both back lines were really, really compact and really sharp. I thought. Yeah. No, yeah. It definitely felt as though like if there was like an opportunity, there was some defender that was able to kind of poke the ball away or get a yeah. block shot on it. Cause I think there was, seven block shots total in that match. So it was definitely mm-hmm. not the most efficient. It was just tough to get any chances. So it did feel that way. And uh, especially towards the end, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about like yeah. some of the defensive efforts from the, <laughs> from the defenders on Madison. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's some heroic efforts there. Um, <laughs> now, so you, you guys got a good look at Francis General Baptiste's goal. That wasn't a goal in the 43rd minute. Oh my god! I thought was for that sure. a hard stopper? <laughs> oh, I thought for sure that was a goal. Well, Derek Gephardt was celebrating the goal already. Yeah. You got <laughs> the hands up, one. yeah! Oh, like literally ninety times out of ninety-nine times out of hundred, you hit the inside of the post like that. It's it, it's in. in, yeah, and it somehow bounces out. It's, this is the one of the great mysteries of physics. Um, but that but that buildup. Uh, we've talked several times in the season about Madison's really ability to work in tight spaces, which is really key and important when you're dealing with a Richmond defense that's really compact like it was. Um, that was a, a series of bang, 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 one-time passes to get Francis to that spot. Yeah. Um, which ends up all, you know, we'll see that, that happen again in the 77th minute um, later, but, um, but uh, Carlton Melmore also, Almost had one before halftime. Justin Suko, uh, the really good run to the byline and a good low cross, kind of got deflected to Belmore, and he um, took a one-time shot, and Jacob Kroll was there to clear it off the line, which was not accidental, right? Like Jacob Kroll, I think that this is one example of him as a defender being able to see not only what's happening but what's about to happen and get to the right spot, right? I think – Burned may have been able to recover to get that, but um, but really, he was Carl, yeah. Carl, uh, clearing that offline was was really really impressive. I felt yeah. like the chemistry of that, like it was just they were so on point. I mean, not that they're not yeah. usually, but like, and yeah, I don't know. It was just it felt different on Saturday. Like the passes mm-hmm. were clean. Like it was just like everybody was where they needed to be. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just they just played really well together. Yeah, and it was one of those words like even though like things might not have like gone exactly all they wanted, whether it's like across, they just missed across or it goes off the posts or stuff like that. It's not as though it was, you know, they were playing sloppy or they were playing right. like they were disjointed. It very much felt. Yeah. Like April said, like they, the chemistry was there and they were on the same page. <laughs> it's just, you know, if they're playing, if they played Fuego or Chattanooga again and played that way, they probably would have scored two or three, but yeah. Richmond yeah. is really good defensively. And, Sometimes you just need that moment of both good play and luck and timing. Yep. And maybe a tiny defensive lapse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would help. Yeah. So, um, so we had actually, I think we had one shot in the first half, but or maybe two or three shots, but zero on target 
Francis, you know, going off the post, even as close as it was, is not considered on target, technically speaking. So, but Christian Cheney comes on for Francis to start the second half. We have three shots on target in the first five minutes. Yeah. Probably not a coincidence, right? Because two of them were Christian, but yeah. he just brings the, he just brings extra energy. Like the, he just kind of brought it up a notch. No, did did you feel that? Yeah, he came out hungry for sure. Um, definitely, you know, itching to get out there. And I think with his, you know, coming off that injury, him resting the first half probably helped and uh-huh. he's ready to go. <laughs> I was going to say, I missed a few minutes of the second half because I was coming back from concession and the restroom. But I did see his chance. Um, like, as I'm going down the stairs, I saw he had that one chance with Akira. And I I really thought I was going to score that. Like, I, yeah. I, all I saw is him... And the keeper was like, that's got to go in. Yeah. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, it does. But I mean, right. it's Kira Fitzgerald, one of the better goalies in this league, which has a lot of good goalies. Cheney tries to chip him, which maybe, maybe he could have tried to go far post. Maybe he could have chipped a little bit higher, but, but Kira got a paw up and swatted it down, which I think Cheney thought it was in too. I think he was ready to celebrate. I, you know, from that distance, it looked as though he tried like, it, it, when you watch it like from that end, it kind of seems like he's more just trying to like finesse it around him and or like oh. kind of that chip. It didn't look like it looked like he was close enough. I was like, why don't you just rip it as hard as you could, just blast yeah. it past him? Yeah, maybe, maybe try to get a little too cute. <laughs> but on the broadcast, it makes more sense. <laughs> but from yeah. from where we were on the complete other yeah. end, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, well, no, two of the three chances were were Bartman. Marvin had a shot from close range and then another just a rocket from distance, but um, Fitzgerald made all three big saves. And then again, the game, the game kind of settled down a little bit, but definitely felt like Richmond was on their heels. I don't, and I don't know if it was all Christian Cheney bringing the energy or if there was a fiery halftime speech or, uh, or what it was, but it, it, it was fun to watch. That's for sure. Um, the, uh, uh, 68th minute, Cello Martinez had a terrific interception. Uh, they got it out to Bartman on the wing. And and I'm only mentioning this because um, Bartman ended up out on the right-hand side where Stephen Payne usually is. And Stephen Payne drifted into the box, which is uh, – we haven't seen him do a lot. He's usually, uh, you know, he's in his lane on the wing, making the crosses, doing the marauding up and down. But to see him kind of drift into the box a little bit there, that's a little bit of foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> because uh, the the that terrible commentator we talked about in the 76th minute actually said, you almost get the feeling that someone's about to make a mistake. He said that? Yeah. Which was, that was the one right thing he said all night. <laughs> I was going to say, he got that. <laughs> about to make a little mistake. Not a big mistake. But just enough of a mistake for for us to take advantage of, um, and <clears throat> I would love to hear what the, the this was at the opposite end for you guys, right? You yeah, guys it's it. Yep. But just to to um, before before we kind of talk through actually how it went down, which everybody listening to this has watched a thousand times by now, so we don't have to go too much detail. But what did it look like to you? Like you like Mitch puts the long ball forward, and and what is it? How does it unfold for you guys? Honestly, like I was watching in that moment. I mean, we were cheering and chanting and whatever. 
and then I saw pain kick it in. And then I was for a split second, I was confused because I was like, okay, he scored, but he wasn't really like celebrating like that. And so I was like, wait, maybe, maybe he didn't. No, like he did. Um, and then like we all just like went crazy. I was gonna say I I saw Mitch's long ball. I could not I didn't see like what had happened after that. It was kind of like, okay, I saw the long ball, I saw pink. I see it go into the net and I see like celebrate. And that was kind of it. Like I couldn't tell like who had scored it, what was the setup. I just saw the long ball get to a player in pink and then eventually a ball's in the back of the net. And I, yeah, it was kind of the same thing where it's like, was it offside? And then like everyone is like, oh no, there's legit a goal. So it was kind of a, it was kind of like a fun. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was, for me, it was a little bit hard just to, like, see, just because I couldn't tell, like, which player from that far. I just knew it was like, okay, we score. All I know is the ball went in the back of that, and that was good <laughs> enough. That was good enough, right? Well, yeah. we actually, we when we, we, as I mentioned, we talked to Steven, um, and uh, we asked him about this goal. So we're going to we're gonna take a little clip. We're going to drop it in right here. And he, here's what Stephen Payne had to say about how that goal unfolded. Yeah, so it's, it's funny because, like, a lot of people from the team asked, like, what was going through my head, and I honestly – don't even know how I ended up in the box at that point because I, I think when the ball was played into the to Cheney, I was thinking that maybe he might flick it on and I would be able to get in in behind off of like a header from him. But then he ended up chesting it down, and then I kind of switched positions with Zemo, and he took kind of my role, and I was more on the inside. And then all of a sudden the ball just came, and I kind of just swung with my instep, and it just you know just went in the right spot. So uh, it was kind of more just like instinct at that point, and you know just was fortunate to for it to go in so uh and and uh that whole interview is going to drop tomorrow morning so Thursday morning your game day listen will be that that whole interview but with uh, the three of us and Stephen Payne it's, it's fantastic give it a listen um so so just to, just to talk through just the the blow by blow of it um Gordon uh fouled wheels in the middle third it, it, to me, this this goal is, is wild because it looked really easy. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like bang, 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 and it's in. And you're like, what? Wow, <laughs> that seemed too easy. But, uh, but, but obviously, Mitch puts a long ball as you know as he often does, just on a dime to, to Christian Cheney. Uh, he chests it out to Bartman. Bartman first times in a one hop. Payne one. Uh, nobody overthought anything. Mm-hmm. Everybody just kind of. It was all. It was four touches. Bang, 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 and it's in. Um, both Jacob Meacham and Nathan Aoni got caught ball watching a little bit, which is that was the mistake. They're they're mm-hmm. and allowed Stephen Payne to just kind of drift two steps backwards and be kind of by himself right at the top of the six yard box. Um, and just one SEC sweep of his foot, and it's in. Um, and he is now Madison's uh, second leading scorer on the season. Yeah. And that's what I was saying earlier, right? Like the way that they played, like their passes to each other, they were just yeah. like, they were all where they needed to be, right? Like sometimes, yeah, it wouldn't go in, but like they just, it was on point. Like, yeah, it was just so fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was also one of those where it's like, this is what we hope to see, where it just, it looks easy and it looks planned. It doesn't look as a, yes. Oh, we just somehow stumbled into scoring a goal. It's like no, there was intent with it. There's, you know, every pass yeah. had intention. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of encouraging to, you know, kind of see that. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And you know, Stephen had had two goals 
in basically his entire senior career before Saturday, four years. Now he's got two in two games, so yeah. no pressure for uh, th- Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> How did you not score, Steven? Uh, so um, now to finish this out, in the 83rd minute, he brings in uh, Matt brings in Eric Connerty and uh, Robert Screen for Nazim Bartman and Jaden Onan, which I thought meant the bus is about to get parked. Like those are midfielders, but they're more defensive minded midfielders. But but it really didn't. They they continued to play up top. Like it, uh, Eric Connerty was like a playing like a number nine, and Screen was like still pushing up. So that I thought that was really interesting. You ended up with your your pairing up top was Christian Cheney and Eric Connerty, which was weird. Yeah, but cool. I mean, it was I I, I am we haven't parked the bus in the past several games that we've won, which is nice to see. Um. We talk about the you want to talk about the late game defensive heroics. Um, Simon Fitch gets one on one with a keeper, which burnt had the near posts like cut off, but very dangerous still. And Timmy Mel just came out of freaking nowhere with a slide tackle. He had another slide tackle in the box that was earlier in the match that was a little bit dangerous. Like, Timmy, it's not giving you any more penalties. But but he's timing him well now. But I, I just feel like he's back. Like he had a couple of rough games there, and and he was outstanding in this game. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, it was one of those where you kind of go, no, 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 yes, okay, good, cool, cool. <laughs> That's how it felt. Yeah, <laughs> that Don't first one, that first one, I was just like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Never leave your feet in the box unless you're able to do that. Right. <laughs> but uh but he ended up with uh 75 of his tackles won 50 percent of the duels he was 84 percent passing uh which is what you expect out of him um uh, on our side we only had 43 percent of the possession our passing accuracy was actually lower than usual at 76 percent mm. um which was surprising to me because like yeah, it, 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 it looked like it was on point yeah. um, i think there was there were stretches when everything was like really really clicking um, and and sometimes that doesn't get necessarily reflected in the full ninety minutes, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, but we ended up with eleven shots, four of them on target. All of the on target shots were in the second half. Um, Richmond uh, ended up with fifteen shots, five of them on target, um, and five were blocked, which is that's just something about the compact of the defense. Um, we ended up with twenty one clearances, fifteen tackles, eighty percent tackle success rate. Like that defending was just. Which is outstanding. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, so a great result uh, for us. And now we have um, six points in this long month of July, of June into July. We have seven games in a month. We're hoping to get like 12 to 13 points out of the, the seven matches. We got six now. We have three games left to go. Can we get six more points out of these next three games? Um, we're hosting Lexington on Thursday. We're going to Tormenta then the following Wednesday, and then we're going to Greenville on the 1st of July, so that to finish out this month. Um, I don't know. What do we think? Can we get six points out of those three matches? I I hope so. I mean, I was also saying should have gotten the six points against Fuego and Chattanooga, and that didn't yeah. happen, and then turn around and get the six points this way. Um, so I, I, I do think, yes, um, with the team, it seems like the confidence is definitely there. Um just that 
I think mainly the confidence you have one of those games at home, which is going to be huge playing in front of the flock end. So no, I, I do feel like the six points is yes, I attainable. And I will say, I feel confident. And I also think the chemistry is building. Like, I feel like yeah, with every game you could, it just clicks a little bit more. And so I think they're, they're starting to find their groove. And I think that's, that's going to start to show it's tough though. Right. With as many games as they have this month. So that's going to be hard. Um, as far as you know, the the energy it's going to take from them, but I definitely, I definitely think that they got it. And I think coming home from this win is huge for them. And I think that's just going to be a huge booster for them come Thursday. Yeah, absolutely, hundred um, percent. I mean, Lexington is looking good. We'll talk about Lexington's couple of games here, but um, I mean, they're coming on. Uh, you know, you know, Tremont is always good. You know, we did give Greenville a good sound beating last time we saw them, so we'll see. Now, the month of July is much more normal schedules four saturday games one wednesday um and then the the thursday friendly uh on the 20th which should be fun but um so now uh in the table we're standing in fifth place 19 points in 12 games just four games out of first four games four points rather out of first um we're tied on points with northern colorado and knoxville northern colorado has only played 10 games though so they've got like the games in hand advantage. Um, but also in points per match, we're also in fifth with 1.58 points per match. Now, what's wild to me right now uh, is Greenville, Tormenta, and Omaha are all out of playoff contention right now. I mean, they're in contention, obviously, but they're all in the lower half of the league, which is surprising at this point in the season. Don't you think? Yes and no. I, I think with Omaha, not as much just because they lost. Like, it seems as though they brought in a coach late. So getting a coach in late, and as we saw with Chattanooga, it's really hard. And we saw last year with Matt, you don't get the like the full roster that you want. So there could be some growing pains there. Um, Greenville, I'm a little surprised. And it seems as though Greenville is complete opposite of what they're used to in terms of they can score a lot of goals, but they can't defend. Right. Tormenta, <laughs> they were pretty banged up and injured early in the season, and they're still kind of banged up and injured, but at least now they got Kazai Sterling. So hmm. I could see Tormenta out of those three. I see I feel like Tormenta would be the one that could dig themselves out of, you know, being on the outside looking at once they get yeah. a little bit healthier. All right. So let's talk about the league and, and feel free to jump in on any of these games that, that you've um that you watched or watch highlight highlights of on Wednesday. Uh, it was Lexington two nil over the sad wolves. Um, one of the nails in the coach's coffin, I'm sure. Um, Lexington was banging on the door for the first half hour. Or so Atis Diouf earned a penalty and then Don smart, our old friend converted. And then uh, just after the hour mark, Tate Robertson to Balogun uh, to double the lead. Uh, then on Saturday, when Knoxville two nil over Charlotte, Frank Ross, it's a brace for Knoxville. Nobody's ever heard of Frank Ross, and he's got two goals on Saturday. A banger of a free kick from about 25 yards, and then uh, converted a penalty in the second half. Knoxville, wearing pink shirts, gets a big win. Um, Fuego drops a 1-0 game to Greenville. Jacob Lavovitz, the heartbreaking winner in the fifth minute of stoppage time against Central Valley. Uh, and then Tormenta in Northern Colorado was – I think they played – portion of the game and then it got postponed due to weather 
uh, which I imagine they'll just replay that at some point. Yep. Um, and then on Sunday, North Carolina and Lexington played a 2-2 draw. Um, both teams come back from a one-goal deficit uh, to earn a point here. Lexington gets a goal on a header from William Bainham to open the scoring. Then North Carolina opens with answers with two goals in four minutes. Louis Perez, a really nice counterattack. And then Garrett McLaughlin um, on the end of a great run by Rafa Metzingen. Then Tate Robertson got Lexington level with an incredible free kick bent around the wall uh, to send this one to 2-2. I don't know of any midfielder uh, playing much better than Tate Robinson right now, other than maybe Chela Martinez. Like, and, and Macias. I mean, he's, he's, it's going to be fun watching this guy on Thursday come to Madison and, and try to shut him down. Uh, he was player, named player of the week. He's actually the fourth Lexington player to be named player of the week, which, I mean, watch out for this Lexington team. I, I think um, it's going to be a good, good game. I'm excited to see them in Madison on Thursday. Yeah, they're playing pretty well. And it was one of those where, they had a plan, and I think now we're kind of seeing that plan be put into action. So, it, it, Lexington, despite them being lower on the table, it's not due to lack of talent. It's more due to yeah, they just needed to put it together. It seems as though the chemistry is starting to get there. It is. Yep, yep 100%. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here. Anything else you guys want to throw out on the table? No. I was going to say, well done to April and Chris in terms of the yeah. content they're putting out on the road trip. So make sure, like I said, if you haven't seen Featherstone's Instagram or Twitter page, go to that. Yeah, what's, um, what, are the, what are the handles, April? Uh, Featherstone Flamingos on Instagram and Featherstone that's Flamingos. That's WD Featherstone on Twitter. Yep, yep WD Featherstone on Twitter. Uh, yes, absolutely great stuff, as always. Uh Tonga Flock is a production of the Soto Soccer Network, produced by Jeremy Rushing, hosted by me, Rob Chappell, and this week, April Kagea, Kyle Carr. Thank you both for being here. Have a great week, everybody. See you Thursday.